Good morning, City Church Sheffield. Great to be with you this morning. And we are looking at Genesis chapter 18, verse 1 till 15. And Catherine, my wife, is going to help us to read that passage um, in English. Yes, <laughs> definitely in English. Um, and my friend, Saroosh, all the way from Iran, uh, he's going to pray for the word of God to be received with faith and grace in his language, Farsi. So, um, so uh, let's uh, hear the word of God and uh, let's listen to that passage. Um, and uh, after that, uh, let's pray together and uh, open our hearts and minds to ask God to come and speak to us. Uh, it's not just hearing us a familiar story or unfamiliar story, but to uh, focus our attention to receive what, what God wants to communicate to us through this scripture. Let's pray and let's listen to the Word of God. Genesis 18, verse 1 to 15. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the large trees of Mamre. Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent. It was the hottest time of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. So he quickly left the entrance to his tent to greet them. He bowed low to the ground. He said, my Lord, if you are pleased with me, don't pass, by, don't pass me by. Let me get some water. Then all of you can wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat to give you strength. Then you can go on your way. I want to do this for now, for you now that you have come to me. All right, they answered. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three sayers of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought, brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did laugh. Hello everyone, my name is Surush. I live in Sheffield. Just I want to pray for preach with my language, Farsi. 
تنکیو ای پدر ما که در آسمان هستی نام تو مقدس با از تو سپاس گذاریم بابت همه چیز و همه کس که به ما عطا فرمودی در تو دعا میکنم برای مستر برسان و همچنین همسرشون خانم کاترین و از تو میخوام که هر چیزی که به صلاحشون هست خودت بهشون عطا فرمایی ای پدر ما که در آسمان هستی نام تو مقدس با از تو سپاس گذاریم دوباره بابت همه چیز و از تو میخوایم که به تمام مردم این دنیا کمک کنی و نور خودت رو در قلب آنها بتابونی آمین Thank you Catherine and Sarush for reading the passage and for your prayer Let's look at the passage I want to take you to the, the, the context to the place Are you happy to come with me? And uh, here is a man sitting outside his tent or in the entrance of his tent Why is in a tent? Because he never had a permanent uh, residence or never had a permanent postcode because he was moving from place to place with his family and children and the servants. And he was living in different places according to the promise of God. He was led by God's promise. He was moving. And one day he was sitting outside, as he was sitting outside and sipping his uh, cup of coffee or tea, whatever drink he was drinking. And then he suddenly saw three men uh, standing or walking or just there. He, 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 he just saw that one. He noticed that one. That's not my servants. That's not my family members or uh, nothing connected to me. But they are quite strangers. But his response was very, very different from a Western response or from how we respond to strangers. So he offered them water and offered them food and they, uh, they, they didn't say, so no, thank you, I'm very busy. No, they said, okay, if you want to do that one, go for it. So you can see that one. He offered the hospitality to strangers. It's, 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 it's really amazing. It's, it's not just a cultural thing. In one sense, this is the, this is the heart of God. You know, he opened his hospitality to us. He welcomed us into his family. We can see the character of God in many places. You know, God welcomed us, all Adam and Eve, into his garden. So God was the host and he welcoming um, the people into his plan. Even now we can see that when we are welcomed into his plan for an individual Western society, this might be really awkward. How do we respond to strangers or sojourners or foreigners or people we are not familiar with? For us, hospitality is uh, my type of a thing, you know, so it could be based on the chemistry or the sports or the color of their skins, or educational background, the accent, or which part of the city they live, or it could be multiple things, you know. So even, um, so it is very, very different. Even somebody come uh, to our door at the time of our dinner time with our family, we can be really irritated, or we may not say that one. We can be very polite. We will say, sorry, this is our dinner time. Would you please consider timing coming under the time most probably um, next week, Wednesday, between 9 and 9.30, shall we meet at that Costa Coffee for 20 minutes? After that, I have a meeting at 9.30 with, with someone else. If that is not possible, maybe we could consider mm, mm, next month or kind of things, you know. But sorry, now, our dinner time. 
oh, you might be quite familiar with the, that kind of things. Plus, and oh, we don't do that one. So we do that one. You know, so have you ever invited people into your table spontaneously, even if it's three people there? Okay, let's cook some pizza or let's some uh, uh, some let's uh, do some make some chicken curry or something. We don't do that. We have a completely different cultural context because of the individualism uh, are subdued and controlled the way we do things. It's all about us and me and my family. Uh, sometimes we use the doctrine of grace to give a big excuse. We are under grace, but we don't do that one. But it's actually God's heart is very different. If you look at uh, the first miracle, the great, the, the miracle Jesus did was he was invited as a guest at the time the, the wine ran out, what he did, he did a miracle and he became the host. Even in Isaiah chapter 56, God is the host. He, what he's saying, I will bring them to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. God is the host. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar for my house will be called a house of prayer for all the nations. This is the heart of God. That's why Jesus was really, really offended and annoyed when he went to the temple and he saw that he, the, the people, the leaders, what they did, they changed the whole system. They pushed the, the Gentiles and the poor out and they used, created a business system to be to make benefit and money for the the rich and the ruling class and to push them out but then god said my house shall be my father's house shall be called as a place of prayer for the nation so prayer and hospitality that is God's heart through this time, through this morning's message, this is my prayer, rather than thinking, oh, this is different culture. So I don't want to be controlled or subdued or twisted and turned by a cultural context. This is my prayer. God, come and renew us and uh, restore us, God, to the way you want to demonstrate the heart of hospitality in this cultural context. God is not here to change our culture. God is to redeem our culture so that our culture can reflect God's heart. While I was preparing for this one, uh, I come across uh, um, uh, this prayer in uh, uh, Lectio 365, that's on app um, uh, for uh, meditation and prayer. In that one, uh, in, in this week, you know, talking about hospitality, and there was an amazing prayer. I thought, uh, 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 I will pray that one now, not at the end of the meeting. So are you ready? Are you, happy? are you ready to pray with me? Let it be a prayer from our heart. Father, I give my friend door key to you. My house is your home. Bring whoever you want, whenever you want, to my private space this week. Jesus, I relinquish my schedule to you. My days are in your hands. Help me to welcome interruptions this week as gifts from you. Spirit, I surrender my possessions to you. All my stuff belongs to you. Help me this week to share with the Lord's people who are in need. Amen. 
Abraham's strangers, the friends, they had a meal and they were, while they were eating, one of them asked a question. The question was, where is your wife? Where is your wife, Sarah? And Abraham said, oh, she's in the tent, you know, so because she's very busy with cooking. So we just made a little bit of bread for 16 kilograms of uh, flour. And we just uh, made a small barbecue with a big calf and uh, uh, lots of things happened. You know, she's quite busy there. Then uh, one of them uh, one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, Sarah, your wife will have a son. So this is the promise uh, being revealed to Sarah the first time directly, and she's hearing that directly. All the, before we can see that in, in, in chapter 17, you might have heard from um, Grant last week um, how God you know, opened his heart and opened uh, his, his promise to Abraham in a very dramatic way. The, the whole earth was shaking and the, the darkness and lots of things are happening and uh, the, the pigeon being, uh, uh, there was a sacrifice there. There's a lot of blood and he God made a covenant. So the same God, the same promise been revealed to this fragile old uh, woman in a tent, so shy, even to come out um, and, uh, uh, and she's hearing something impossible. I didn't even know Abraham whether shared this promise to um, Sarah already or not. I don't know. Then her response was, goodness me, this is absolutely a joke. I'm already old. I'm 90. I'm fragile, broken, wrinkled. And am I going to have a, have a baby? Look at that man. He's almost going to, you know, just 90, you know, he's really 99. He's really, really old. And uh, uh, it's an impossible situation. No, I'm going to have a child. So she laughed to herself. Oh, she laughed by hearing this prophecy or promise by knowing this is impossible. What was their response? Their response said, at the appointed time. Let me read that one in, in, in uh, that's in uh, um, 18 verse uh, 14. At the appointed time, I will return to you in the spring and Sarah shall have a son. Sarah may have a son. Sarah, you know, might have, no, no, it's, 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 it's certainty is there. You're going to have a child um, at the same time, the appointed time. That's going to be next year this time. God promised to Abraham, a seed is going to come out from you. In chapter 15, he said, God said to him, I am your great reward, you know. So God himself, the great reward. The seed promised to Abraham was, the mystery was revealed in, 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 in Galatians chapter 3.16. The promise were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scripture does not say, and to seeds. Meaning many people, but unto your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. 
It's very interesting. So in, in Paul and Galatians, they're trying to communicate this one. So when God promised about the seed, at that time, there was a physical promised child. Isaac was there. That been fulfilled in an impossible situation. But through that, God has a bigger plan. So bigger purpose. So what was his bigger purpose? What was God's purpose that we can see in Genesis chapter 22 verse 18 and through your offspring all the nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me, because of your obedience, because you decided to accept my offer or decided to open your heart to to you to be a demonstration of my power. So I'm going to use this broken, fragile, impossible circumstance, this person to fulfill my glory to the nation. So, so actually, uh, uh, Paul is trying to communicate that seed was not just talking about Isaac. It was not just uh, uh, Jacob. It was not just Joseph. It was not, people thought that's the person, that's the person. It was not, not Moses. Ultimately, it is coming to Jesus. That seed was Jesus. That's the, he became the blessing to the nations. That's the way we came to know Jesus because the, 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 the blessing of the, um, the Jewish, the Israel, uh, is now available to everyone through the seed that is Jesus. When is that going to happen? <laughs> Sarah, when are you going to have, receive this child? The appointed, appointed time. So sometimes we think things are impossible. Things are, there is no breakthrough in circumstances. But God proved in the history again and again and again, when doors are closed, that's the time God can open doors. When there is a Red Sea, that's the time God can open the doors. When there is no food, that's the time he can bring manna and he can feed the people. When there is no food, he can feed the 5,000. When somebody's dead, that's the time he can raise the dead. When somebody's sick, that's the time he can bring his healing. When somebody, somebody is blind, that's the time he will break and say he can open the blind eyes. When somebody is not able to conceive children, he's bring at the time, you know, bring that, that kind of life and reviving the whole body against all odds to demonstrate that nothing is impossible with me. You might be going through some tough situation in work or relationship or personally or mentally or spiritually or financially. God wants to, God for God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. But remember in his appointed time, God's timing is always perfect. And not to give you some joyful breakthrough and to have a me and my breakthrough time. Actually, God wants to use that to demonstrate his glory to others so that you will experience he is an amazing God. Not only that, others will know that this God of this person is amazing God. His glory will be reflected in your life and other people's and ultimately people will draw to God through the marvelous, amazing work. What has God done in our life? So God wait. God waits until it is humanly impossible for the child of covenant to be born in order to show that it is not by human effort that the covenant people will be created. It is, a, it is the work of divine and sovereign grace. So he will get the glory. 
What about Jesus coming to this earth? He didn't just come in the Garden of Eden, you know, because there was a trouble in the appointed time. In Romans chapter 5, verse 5 to 6, as hope does not put us to, us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our heart through the Holy Spirit. I love that verse. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God's love has been poured out into us who has been given to us. You see, at the right time, when we were still powerless, when we were still powerless, when we were still enemy to God, when we were still living in darkness, when we still loved the flesh, when we were running away from God, Christ died for the ungodly just the right time. God's timing is perfect, but our flesh won't wait for that. We always have a tendency to fix the issue with by our own strength. Sometimes we completely lose all our resources. That's the time some, sometimes we turn to God. But through the work of the Holy Spirit, we don't need to wait for the end of all our resources. In the midst when we have whole resources, that is the time, even at that time, we can proclaim, God, you are my source. You are my provider. You are my life. You are my everything. That is only possible through the work of the Holy Spirit. The moment we are outside the work of the Holy Spirit, the flesh will invade and we will try to do things our own way. That's why in the song, uh, uh, Lean Hard, you know, we have, uh, when we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed and day is half done, when he have reached the end of our earthly resources, our Father's full giving is only began. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary that's, un, that's un, un, uh, unknown unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth. He proved that again and again and again. My grace is enough. But we still try to do things out on strength. But this morning, God wants to remind us, Come to me and to rely on my spirit. That is the only way you can overcome the flesh, trying to do things your own strength. Even when you're trying to do that one, I've been pouring out my spirit to remind you, my grace, my spirit is sufficient. My strength is enough. My, I want to lead you unto my strength and power so that you will know that by God's power, you can overcome the sinful desires and uh, uh, leading of your life. So God's promise and God's plan and God's timing and now we are thinking about God's power. So in order to understand the context of God's power, um, uh, so God's promise always carry God's power, you know, so it's not separate, it's always God's promise contain uh, God's power because it's, it's ready to fulfill at the right time. 
When Sarah heard this response, all oh, this amazing seed promise or the son promise, his resp her response was, it is uh, an impossible thing. And God's response was, um, uh, nothing is impossible with me or nothing is too hard for me. You might be remember, you, you might remember some other context, the similar situation, another woman in an impossible circumstances and she was not married children do you know who am i talking about one day an angel appeared to her and said you are mary you're going to have a baby you're going to conceive a child do you know who is that let me hear that yes you are right that is mary and the Gabriel tell to Virgin Mary, she was not married, you know, so uh, similar to, to, to Sarah, you know, she was not barren, but she was not married. And uh, behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a, bear a son. What was Mary's response? How can it this be since um, I have no husband, I'm not married? The angel answers in verse 37, with God, nothing will be impossible or oh, for God everything is possible. Sarah, nothing is too hard for God. Mary, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. You might, your body might be weak, your, your body might be wrinkled and you might not be you know, in an unusual circumstances, but God's timing and God's promise comes with the God's power. I love uh, uh, in Luke chapter one, verse 35. Can I read that one? I know the time is running out, but let me read that one. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, be called the Son of God. It is created or it been released or it been, it been born into reality, not by the work of human hand, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit is not a power, he's a person, and he always, he is always at work. Sometimes we think, oh, that's a charismatic thing, you know, so that is something about a, a kind of a Pentecostal thing. Holy Spirit is a person, he's always at work, and when he really wants to trigger something according to his time, he will come with power. You can see that in Acts chapter 1, 18, you know, verse 18. Jesus said, wait until you receive the power from heaven. What happened? When the Holy Spirit came, the church was born. In the midst of persecution, in the midst of uh, impossible circumstances, Romans are standing there, Pharisees are standing there, whole earth is against this the big scandal of Jesus' resurrection. Here is one man, he denied Jesus multiple times, filled with the Spirit and stood up and preached the gospel and 3,000 people came to know Jesus. That is inauguration through the work of the Holy Spirit. So welcome him. Work with him rather than working, trying to do our own strength. Let Holy Spirit lead us in this time through this message. This is my prayer. We want to be a church led 
by the Spirit and filled with the Spirit and filled and filled and filled and again saying that, God, we need you more than ever before to see the promises you have promised over our individual life as a church. Not only that, we want to see that demonstration of God's promise over our city, over our nation and whole nation. How is it possible? Through the work of the Holy Spirit. It is really, really amazing. Where's this Holy Spirit? Romans 8, 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. It's not about talking about the resurrection right now. How do you overcome the flesh through the work of the Holy Spirit? How do, you, how, how do you wait for God's timing through the work of the Holy Spirit? How do you stop doing things by your own strength, by relying on the Holy Spirit? How important to go back to the giver of life, Holy Spirit, and pray to him. Would you please come and fill me wherever I'm now? You're not a power. You're not, not just kind of a sensation or feeling something. You are a person and you are there to create your promise at the right time the way you worked in in the barren woman Sarah though your way you created Jesus in the womb of uh, Mary at the right time God here am I I'm a broken vessel sometimes I try to do things in my own strength Holy Spirit would you please come and fill me to trust in you and wait for God's timing it is really important that's the time we see the ultimate seed jesus in our life jesus is the ultimate son of promise jesus is the ultimate one in whom we hear the laughter of god's grace triumphing over our impossibilities of our situation sarah had to deal with the problem of infertility for us our problem is greater 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 and higher than that we are separated from god only through the work of god we can be redeemed and restored sometimes god wait for the last moment our greatest problem is not COVID. our greatest problem is not vaccination our greatest problem is is a global warming our pro greatest problem is not uh, uh, economic crisis or broken society our greatest problem is we are after things not after him we're trying to fix things with things rather than trusting in him knowing that he's the author and the finisher of the life but many times we have come across he will wait for the right time why is he doing that one the purpose of in the purpose of god in all that he does in creation and redemption god's purpose is in all he does is to magnify his sovereign grace and keep us in our humble place. Why he wait to demonstrate his glory? John Piper put it this way. He, he, he put it in a poetic way to magnify his sovereign grace and keep us, keep us in our humble place. That's time. Sometimes we think God's timing is very, very important. So God's promise, God's seed, God's purpose, 
God's plan, God's power for his God's glory in these broken vessels. Are you ready to be filled with the Spirit to see the way God wants to demonstrate his glory in our life? Let's sing and worship, then we will respond. <laughs>